Forging Honor Podcast. I'm Jonathan George. And I'm Benjamin Jones. Here at The Forge, we explore what it means to live as Christian men. Along the way, we'll be doing weekly challenges to build character through action. We are by no means experts, just two young Christian men trying to make sense of a wild world. That's right. We do our best to learn and hope you'll join us on the journey. And if you want to get directly involved, go to forginghonor.com to find information on how to join our community. This is episode 20, The Slow Growth of Wisdom. All right, challenge wrap up. Uh, As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They are simple daily tasks to grow us as men. Some are more simple than others. This previous challenge, nice and simple. Just read the proverb of the day. That is, uh, in the book of Proverbs, in the Bible, read the chapter of the day that corresponds to the day of the week because there are 31 uh, chapters in Proverbs. That corresponds very nicely to our monthly calendar. So that's what we did. Uh, Banjo, how'd you do? I did pretty good. Uh, Wasn't my best challenge, uh, but I think I hit 8 out of 10. I think was my total. Yeah, I, I I didn't check, check the Discord. I should have checked the Discord for you. Yeah, I think it was eight out of ten. I missed two days, uh, but that was it. Nice, nice. I think this was my first ten out of ten challenge. <laughs> so I get to be there today. You've I think you've had two ten for tens, right? I yeah, at least at least two. I know I did our exercise challenge. I did perfect. Yeah. And then I think we had a journal challenge, maybe that I did every day. Probably. Oh, and the um the cold water challenge. Oh yeah, you did I, do that one much better than I did. I did terribly on that. Anyway, point being, I am very happy to have finally found something that is easy enough for me <laughs> to accomplish. <laughs> ten on for our ten. Tw- on our twentieth episode. Took You're right. Twenty tries. Episode. Yes. All right. Well, very good. Um, so I was uh, considering this challenge, and I don't know. This is one that I've actually done for a long time. I was telling uh, Banjo prior to the episode uh, for all you listeners. Uh, I was going through some of my stuff, doing some cleaning, and I found this little notebook uh, that is filled with entries of Bible verses from Proverbs, um, all the way back from uh, 2017, maybe 20, early 2018, maybe, um, going through uh, 2021. We, there are verses that both me and a buddy wrote down. Uh, we were holding each other accountable to Bible reading. Uh, So it's one that I started a long time ago, and it's one that has stuck with me. And I'll tell you why. Um, This particular uh, challenge or type of Bible reading plan does not require ketchup. And I can't. Or mustard? Or or mustard. (laughs) Doesn't require. (laughs) So if you get behind for a day or two, now you don't have to go read three chapters or however many chapters that you missed. You say, well, I missed the you know twentieth and twenty second. That's okay. I'll read the twenty third today and move on. I'll get I'll get twenty twentieth and twenty second next time around. And eventually, you've read all of Proverbs multiple times, even if you miss a day or two here and there. Um, and that actually, I was looking at um, another. I, I used to keep track of all my um, Bible reading and everything as well on a little electronic tracker on my phone. Um, I've since dropped off on that. But the point being, um, I think the longest. I'd gone reading my Bible in a row was maybe 26 days in a row or something like that. Something miserable. But um, looking back over. (laughs) Wait, hold on, hold on. Time out, time out. I don't, I don't know if I've ever kept up a a clean slate of 26 straight days of reading my Bible. So, you know, don't, I'm sure some people have have hundreds of days, (laughs) um, dozens of years. Anyway, the point being as a habit, first off, Bible reading, great habit, right? one that we are all encouraged to do. In fact, we are commanded to study the word of God. Amen. Um, But then how do you stick with it daily? Uh, And the habit of pulling up first thing Proverbs, even if I was trying to do another proper reading plan or something at the time, still reading Proverbs first thing, and then maybe sitting down and getting to my other Bible reading plan or whatever else I was working on later on in the day. That was always good because it was, it was something where I could at least go through and notice one or two verses before going on my workout, doing whatever I'm trying to do for the day, this, Forging Honor, something along those lines. Anyway, I don't know if that was your experience, Banjo, but that has been a very, that's been a consistent thing for me. Um, 
with the daily Proverbs. Yeah, is is Proverbs the place where you've spent the most time in the Bible, do you think? At this point, easily. Um, Purely because, I mean, like I said, I've been doing the same thing. Started out with a buddy for some accountability back in 2017. So however many years, what is it? It's 2023 now. It's already 2023. (sighs) Yeah, sorry about that. You're getting Uh, old. I'm getting old. Anyway, I'm not not that old. (laughs) Sorry. The point being, that's uh, that's like five years now. Yeah. Of being, I mean, I'm in it. Consi- I mean, I would definitely call it a habit, even if I'm missing days here and there. Yeah. And it's one of the few habits that it's really stuck with me at this point. Have you found a way in, in the midst of that to keep, to keep it from becoming just habit? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I do know what you mean as in like just pulling it up and checking the box and. Yeah, because that always ends up being my tendency with Bible reading plans. It's like it goes from being, oh, I'm really excited about reading this and, you know, I get into it. And then after a little while, it's just like, well, I'm, I'm doing it to do it. Um, and that always discourages me. Yes. Because I know I'm not supposed to be like that. I, I, I definitely know what you mean. Um, I do find that to some extent. I think regardless, there's still value of having the word of God in front of you, even mm-hmm. if you catch yourself skimming or you realize, man, I wasn't paying attention to the last paragraph of information here. Um, you know, one like this, this Proverbs plan, it's not meant to be an in-depth, you know, work through a particular verse, try to really understand it in a deep way. It's meant to, um, keep, keep principles of the word in, in front of you every day. Right. So at least my eyes are looking at it first thing as opposed to social media first thing, right? That's, that's what this does for me in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, there are definitely days where I'm much better about paying attention to what I've read. Um, and I, I would say there are other plans at this point or other, other times of Bible reading that I definitely go deeper. And that's usually not in Proverbs. Um, so right, right now I'm working with a group of guys through a study in Matthew. I go yeah. a lot deeper in that. I take my time one chapter a week so we're reading the same we're reading actually i need to do that today um we're reading the same chapter every day for a week so we're going a lot deeper right right yeah um as opposed to proverbs we're just you know one chapter you're getting through it you know a few things may pop out at you um i think one of the things i like about proverbs is that you can do that to some extent right you may because it's not written in a full narrative format, right? There are, there are certain, there are chunks that are related, but ultimately you can take a couple of verses and you've got a nice little proverb for the day. Um, so that's one thing that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll usually be able to think back to at least one verse that I've read that that's sticking out to me for some reason. Yeah. It's know. hard. It's hard to read a chapter of Proverbs and not find something that applies to you that day. Like if you're even, even something's just like, and I got my Bible open right now, like a rebuke goes deeper into a man of understanding than a hundred blows into a fool, which is also, let's just talk about how great an image that is. Um, right. Yeah. The images in Proverbs are really great. Yeah. Or, or let a man meet a she bear robbed of her cubs rather than a fool in his folly. Um, yes, just, that's just, that's just good poetry right there. Um, but yeah, like you just read through it and all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait a minute. Funny how this applies to my life. Funny how I need to hear this today. You know, right? We're, you don't necessarily get that in nice clear chunks with with other pieces of scripture. I mean, you might if you're if you have a good seminary degree, but um, neither of us have that. Well, it's called, you know, it's part of the wisdom literature for a reason. And it's one of those places in scripture where you don't necessarily see the overarching narrative of scripture in the same way, right? You know, you look through a lot of the Old Testament, you have the narrative of the Israelite people and um, their anticipation of a Messiah. And then New Testament, you have the narrative of that Messiah coming, right? And you have this overarching narrative. And then there's the wisdom literature. What's that? Covenants being fulfilled. Exactly, exactly. You have this overarching narrative that you can study. You can get into the story of it. You can really dig into 
um, you know, the words and the phrases and what they mean and how they're referencing other parts of scripture. And then smack in the middle of it all, you've got the wisdom literature. And, you know, you pull up a particular verse, you don't necessarily see how it fits into an overarching narrative. It's, it's just meant to be, I mean, right at the very beginning, right? It's an exhortation specifically to young men. Right. To live a, a, a wise life. It doesn't even say, I think one of the things I really appreciate about Proverbs is it's all, um, none of, none of the particular, actually off, off the top of my head, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, but there are none, there are no particular verses that are like, this is a command of the Lord. You must do this thing, right? Or you must not do this thing. It's all, it's all like, um, it would be wise to do this thing or not to do this thing. <laughs> a wise man does X. Exactly. It's all wise man does this thing. Wise man does this thing. Now that, that raises the question, ultimately, what does that mean a wise man is, right? And that, that's answered right at the very beginning of Proverbs. And, you know, what is the beginning of wisdom? Fear of the Lord. Exactly. So ultimately, to be a wise man is to obey the Lord and to follow his precepts. Um, and that's what defines wisdom. That said, there are many things that are wise things to do or not to do that are not, they were not handed down by God on Sinai. Right, they're not part of of the of the um, Hebraic law or of any sort. Right, they can be they can be inferred, but they're not necessarily directly linked. And exactly, I, and I think it, um, Proverbs. I, I you know I'd love for a, a pastor or, or someone to correct me on this, but it seems like the uh, the Book of Proverbs is, and in some ways the Book of Psalms are are really instructive as interpretive texts to the Bible. Like it's a really great place to hmm. use scripture to interpret scripture. Right. Right. Because you see how the people, you know, the men of God in scripture followed the book of Proverbs, whether they, whether they had read it or not. Right. They, they follow it. Um, but the, but the fools, I mean, you just flip over a couple of pages and read Kings and, and, you know, you see all the fools who, who don't follow this. You know? Right. Right. Uh, and so it's just, it's an extremely helpful text for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. Um, and thinking of Cain and Abel, like that just seems like that fits, fits that passage really well. But there's other stuff that's just extremely practical stuff that's like, oh yeah, you know how like this is this is how a king should rule. There was another right. thing that I, I don't know. We can get into like individual proverbs. I don't know how much you want to do that this episode, but um, yeah, I'm if not, any jumped out at you, I mean, we're just exploring this. So. Exploring, yeah. Uh, well, there was one that said I won't be able to find it in time, but there was one that said that a a bribe in secret turns away wrath and a concealed gift, something, something positive. At least it sounded positive to me. Um, and I was a little confused because I was like, wait, I think I've read somewhere else in Proverbs that the Lord hates a bribe. Am I wrong about that? So I was trying to figure out like, is this a like time and place thing? Is this, is there, uh, is there wisdom in taking the bribe? Is there wisdom in using the bribe? What's the difference between the, a bribe that is like a good one and a bribe that the Lord hates? I mean, I don't know. This is like a really specific, like I'm yeah, not planning yeah. on giving any bribes here. Or taking, I hope. Or taking, of course well, not. Well, I mean, you have to ask yourself in, in their context, what is a bribe? Money, sheep, food. Well, not, not the physical item, but what defines a bribe? Oh, uh... Like what makes the gift of money a bribe? You're you're paying for a good and service by jumping through an ordinary uh, ordinary red tape. Potentially, um, you're and that would definitely justice. be potentially be a perversion of justice, right? But the way the verse that you just said makes it sound like, um, you know, bri- if a bribe in secret averts wrath. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's not a bribe to pervert justice. It's a gift to a friend to make amends. Hmm. 
I don't Maybe. know. I could be 100% off the mark there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think there are things that we have to be aware of when we're reading some of like Proverbs, uh, you know, cultural context matters and as well yeah. as yeah, the like just definitions of words can be different for us. Like a bribe is just bad in our culture. You don't, you right. don't give bribes. If you're caught giving or taking bribes, it's bad juju. <laughs> um, versus the context of the society that Solomon is writing in and the, and the other authors of Proverbs are writing in. Um, it may not have always been a bad thing. I don't know. Did you find it? No, I didn't find it. I found some other good ones though. Um, one, one thing that's really interesting here in Proverbs, uh, Proverbs chapter 20, verse nine, you know, we were talking about how a lot of this is like, Oh, you know, it's helpful instruction and, and stuff like that, but it isn't a whole lot of like, I don't know, theology, so to speak, just Proverbs 20 verse nine. Uh, who can say I have made my heart pure? I am clean from my sin. Right there, smack dab in the middle of Proverbs, you're getting a really good mm -hmm. uh, look at total depravity, right? Uh, and I think it's interesting how it's, I have made my heart pure. I am clean from my sin. Like, I think, especially in, you know, we think about the Pharisees, that's, that's the, that's the claim they would have made. You know, that's the, that's the thought that they would have had is that I am, I am clean. I've made myself clean. Um, so it's just interesting to see, like, you know, you don't have to go too far afield. And I mean, this isn't like Habakkuk or something like that, which is a great read, by the mm -hmm. way. The other one I'm looking at is, oh, where'd it go? Oh, tell me what you think about this. You're a father. Mm. Discipline your son for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've wondered about that one. That's a really good, I mean, poetically speaking, again. Yeah, yeah. Um, is it, Which chapter is that one? That's chapter 19, verse 18. Yeah, you, you'd think after years of my going through this, I'd know exactly where everything was. Well, I'm sure it all blurs together at that point. Well, there, there's that, but also... There are, there are times we're reading through and I'm like, I don't remember ever having read that verse before. Right. But now it's jumping out at me all of a sudden. Anyway. Right. Um, you said what was the verse? Sorry. Chapter 19, verse, uh, sorry, 18. Interesting. I, I don't, I, um, yeah, it's kind of just jumping out out of a bunch of other general statements. It doesn't have, there's, there's another section on discipline of children in general. Um, and there's constant stuff about, you know, being fools, a shame, shame to your father. And, you know, it's a shame to your mother. If you're yeah. Lower, lower down in verse 26, it says he who does violence to his father and chases away his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. Right. Right. Um, you know, the, I guess I, I, it seems pretty straightforward what Proverbs 19, 18 is saying. You know, if it's, yeah, discipline your son for there's hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. question there is, you know, what does it mean to put him to death? Is that a literal or literal death, or is that a putting him aside from you in some way? I don't know. Well, um, you know, again, thinking about the cultural context, you know, Solomon who's writing this. Solomon's stepbrother is Absalom. That's true. You know, and... He he's probably thinking, even on a if he's just awake, so to speak, and he's hearing these stories about Absalom, you know, you gotta think he's thinking, gee, I wish dad had just, you know, had one more good talk with him, you know, and maybe put him in his room one time. Maybe you know, didn't spare the rod. Something. We wouldn't have had he wouldn't have had to literally put him to death, you know. There's a there's a pretty literal yeah. interpretation you could put on that one. But I think you can also Obviously, a whole lot of metaphorical ones there. That's interesting, the context of Absalom. I hadn't thought of that. Um, There's a great book, uh, Absalom, Absalom. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a William Faulkner novel. It's one of his kind of most famous ones. It's a tough read because uh, everything written by Faulkner is a tough read. Um, 
but it's a uh, kind of a modern retelling of that story of David and Absalom uh, written in the context of the American South in the, in the civil war, post-civil war era. Um, and it's, it's phenomenal. It's a, it's a phenomenal read and really, really one of those books that's like fathers and sons should read this book. Uh, cause it's, it's, it's gripping mm-hmm. on that level. Um, but it's also for, if, if any one of our listeners for whatever reason has read Absalom, Absalom, uh, it's a perfect demonstration of he who does violence to his father and chases away mm-hmm. his mother is a son who brings shame and reproach. Um, and I just think about that with, um, like, or, you know, we, we could take that on a literal sense of like, don't, don't mm-hmm. hurt your father and your mother, you know, cause that's obviously bad. Right. But we could also expand it to say like, don't, don't do violence to the wisdom of the past. You know, don't, don't right, do right. violence to the stuff behind you. And I think we, we as an American culture are, are doing that a little too much. Uh, and one of Faulkner's famous quotes is the past is not yet done with us. In fact, it's not even past. Right. Uh, and, and I think that's, it's all the way through Absalom, Absalom. And I think it's all the way through this, this verse as well. Yeah, and, and going back to verse 18 there, discipline your son for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. Um, one thing that occurs to me is the there's also there's the death of doing nothing for your child. Right. Right. This like it may not be a literal, I'm gonna kill my son because it is a beating. That that would be wrong, I think. Um and Yet, if you don't discipline your son, you don't tell your, you don't teach your children the way of the Lord. They will, um, spirit be spiritually dead, and that will ultimately lead to, in their physical death, the 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 worst outcome that you would want for a child, right? Yeah, and um, if you and if you make their life like so easy that they never want to leave, mm-hmm. then they're never gonna like. As there's soon all kinds as you're, of, yeah, there's all sorts of interpretations there. Yeah, that's pretty. It, it, that's one of the things about Proverbs. You can you can start digging into it more and more. Just a note back to I, I noticed um, it's it's chapter twenty one verse fourteen. A gift in secret over its anger and a concealed bride. Oh, you found it. Wrath. Yeah, I just glanced over there. It was, um, and one thing that occurs to me is it's not giving a positive or a negative on that. It's just saying mm-hmm. that's the fact, and I think that's a lot of Proverbs. So that's one of the things I've noticed in Proverbs. There's a lot of times where it'll just say, this is how it is. It doesn't say whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. Interesting. It's just one of those things that as a wise person, you should be aware, or as someone who seeks to be wise, you should be aware that this is how the world works. Um, and I kind of like that about Proverbs. It, it does require you to, I think I think we do this thing with scripture. Sometimes we're like, everything scripture says is great, right? We should, you know, but then, you know, you read portions of it, you're like, wait a minute. Uh, and until you take it in contact with some other aspects of scripture, it's just telling you how things happened maybe, right? Sure. That doesn't mean that, that you and I should be, you know, running spears through people on the church floor because I don't know, and just the zeal of Phineas. And yeah, exactly. Great story. Blessed for that. But, yeah. um, I'm, I'm not sure that that's <laughs> You're exactly not bringing the, your the context we live in. <laughs> um, the point being, you know, reading when reading scripture, we have to be aware of that there's it doesn't always pronounce condemnation on every on every off color thing. It also doesn't pronounce it doesn't call everything good, right? It just says, by the way, this is how the world is. Yeah, be what's it? Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and so you need all scripture in that sense. You need to have a, a good working knowledge of scripture to make those decisions at, at certain times. Yeah. I mean, think about like, I know I've read stories of missionaries who needed to like, they needed to bribe their way into the country. And so that's what they do, you know, and totally gospel goes forth from that. So, well, and, and that's, you know, what, what is that? If that's the way things are, mm-hmm. you know, may not be your place 
to go in and change that that thing, that entire right. system of of bribery to cross the border to get somewhere. Uh, and you're you're exactly right. Uh, you know, we have laws in our context in America to that look very much down upon bribery. I'm not saying they shouldn't be there. I think I think that in a in a just system, because yeah, there were several other verses in Proverbs that saying or that are saying a uh, uh, bribes pervert the way of justice. You know, bribes right. are given to the wicked to pervert justice, etc. Um, so it's very clear that the author of Proverbs, I think, is looking down on bribes, anti-bribe. But he's also saying, look, this seems like there's a time and a place where this might be might be worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I think there's there's definitely a piece of proverbs that you can't just you can't just pluck a single verse out of all of scripture and say, "No, I'm going to live my life this way." Proverbs says that a gift in secret does this thing cool. Well, right, go, yeah. Um, Don't want to go with strike a scoffer, a scoffer and the simple will learn prudence and be like, "You know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to smack every scoffer in the mouth." That's there we my, go. That's my new policy. Yeah. Uh not necessarily great in the rest of context. Sure. <laughs> um, so one question I had for you. Yeah. Um, are there, did you find or have you found that there are specific things in Proverbs that when you've put them into play or you've, you, you've actually paid attention to them or you, you've used them in your life in some way, you've paid attention. What was the outcome of that? I guess is, is what I'm asking. Oh, yes. Uh, let me, oh, um, Okay, so there's a, there's a couple in this section that we're looking at. Um, oh, here we go. Uh, chapter 19, verse 24. Apparently 19 really stuck with me. Um, the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. Um, that's one that I think about a lot uh, where it's like, okay, I, I need to stay away from the point of laziness to – where like if i'm like it's too much work to go and get up and like get something to eat that that's an issue like i am yeah. i am something's wrong at that point um there's another proverb i'm not gonna remember where this is but where it says a little sleep a little slumber a little, a little folding, folding of the hands, hands to, rest. to rest and poverty strikes in the thief uh, strikes in the night like a thief something like that right it, it's, and poverty will come upon you um like a like a thief like a, in the night. Yeah, like a blind man. Like, like a blind man. Yeah. Anyway, it, so I think about those two a lot. Where it's like, okay, or or the next chapter over. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you have plenty of bread. Right. Right. Like, so I'm a uh, I you know my day job is uh, as an English teacher, and you know I like to ask kids questions at the beginning of the class. And yesterday I asked, I think my seventh graders. I was like, so what what are you guys going to do this weekend? What's your perfect weekend? And they were all like. And sorry to them, but they're never going to listen to this. Um, at least they better not, because oh, that no. would just that would end up being embarrassing for me. Anyway, um, they all were like, uh, "Sleep." I would sleep till twelve, and I was wow. like, or some of them was like, "I would sleep till 3. I was like, "What do you? What do you Why? mean?" Well, that's what that's the, that's their favorite thing to do I is sleep. Sleep. I don't huh. know why. I think honestly, I'll tell you why. I think it's because they're up into the, like the wee hours in the morning on their phones uh, or playing video games. Oh, like grief. Yeah. this generation sleep cycle is so messed up. Like it's hey, so bad. It, you don't have much room to talk. I know you in college. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I was in college. Fair I was enough, in college. Yeah, yeah. When I was, a, when I was a kid, I was, go, I was in bed at nine 30. There were some, I, I had some sleeping issues. So I, I did stay up late. Um, but I was reading not mm. playing video games. I was not on my phone. I'll have to know. Didn't have a phone until I was in high school. And then it was a flip phone. I know you yeah. young people don't remember what that was, but it was a flip phone with T9 texting. Yeah, yeah. Those are the good old days. Anyway, um, but they love – so they they love sleep. They I don't know if it's they, – they just don't have any drive or if they actually have like – sleep issues due to the modern life. But I think about that where it's like, how do I, how do I teach them this? Like you can't do anything in life if your primary objective is to sleep. Like it's, I don't know. It, it breaks my brain a little bit. Um, yeah. 
yeah there i mean there are different days where i wish i could just be sleeping all day yeah um but yeah but that's not that's not your primary ambition that's fair that's fair i want to oftentimes it's because i've been trying to accomplish other ambitions i'm like wait i'm really tired i need some sleep (laughs) right and that's the difference to me it's like it's like there is nothing better than when you have earned your sleep for the night that, you know that's I mean? so true. When you crawl into bed and you're like, man, you can feel your muscles hurting from something you did or, yeah. or you're, you you used your brain so hard that day. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, so I, uh, for, for folks who don't know, I ran a marathon uh, last week, um, which was – it was a whole adventure. Um, I'm thinking of writing an article for the website about it if I can figure out a way to tie all the threads Go together. Go for it. Um, but one of the things that happened is I – Went to bed that night. I was so tired. I mean, it was the kind of thing where I, I could not walk up the stairs uh, at the end of it. I got into bed and I was so tired. But the thing that kept happening, JJ, you'll appreciate this, is my legs had gotten so tired during the marathon. It's a trail race. And I kept, I was so tired, I couldn't lift my legs over the rocks. Oh, I know what you mean. Oh. So I kept hitting the rocks and tripping and falling and hitting the rocks and tripping and falling. I did this like, I don't know, 38 times. Anyway, I'm falling asleep that night. And every time I close my eyes, I start to have this dream that I'm back in the race and I'm running and my foot hits the rock and I trip and I fall and I wake back up and my foot would, in real life, in the bed, my foot would twitch and my leg would jerk and I would like snap back awake. This happened like like 15 times. But anyway, that kind of sleep where you're like, I cannot move my limbs I cannot move my body at all. I used to do in the summer, I used to do a little bit of like um, farm work. I would go out uh, and mm-hmm. help bale hay. And that is like some of the most backbreaking work I've ever done. And like the hay like gets all in your neck and in your clothes. And it's like, I have allergies to hay. So I would start to like swell and puff up. And, but I mean, you get in the shower after that cold shower. You know, cold shower after that, and then you just like curl up into a ball and go to sleep. Like that is the best night's sleep. 100%. But I don't know. And I think this gets to the, uh, the, the part about like disciplining your kids. Like discipline isn't always just, especially in, in Bible times, discipline isn't just like we're going to talk about I'm going to spank my, ch- my child or I'm going to put them in timeout or like that kind of corrective discipline. But it's also about like, teaching your child to have discipline, like to have self-control, to, to be willing to like sacrifice something pleasurable in the present moment to achieve something greater in, in exactly. a future moment, you know? And I think it's a really, really hard thing to teach because the opposite is so enticing, you know, especially, oh, yeah. especially oh, yeah. right now when we live in just these comfort embryos 24 seven. Yeah. I, it, I do wonder how you teach that. You've heard of the marshmallow experiment? Of course. Yeah. How it's interesting to me, like, how do you, like what differentiated the kids that chose to wait for the, the, the second marshmallow and what differentiated, as opposed to the ones who couldn't resist the first marshmallow? Yeah. I, I think it's like that. The, with the two things that I think of are the ability to have an imagination, mm. right? Like you have to be able to imagine that there's two marshmallows and that they're going to be as good as the first. And the other thing is like you just, in my opinion, you need to not want to have only one marshmallow. Do you know what I mean? Right, right. Like, you need a little bit of a, like I'm not content with just the one I got to have. Right. You need a little discontentment because if you're – and which is a tricky thing I think mm-hmm. as a parent because if you're a parent – if I'm a parent, I want to teach my kids to be content you know, and to be, I don't know about discontentment being the right word there. I think back to Proverbs there, I, you know, there's, there's definitely a sense of a wise man is, is like one of the hallmarks of a wise man in Proverbs Mm -hmm. is his house is filled with beautiful things, wonderful things to eat. His house, he he has, a wise man does not consume all of his oil. But this gets back to what we were talking about last week, funny yeah. enough, right? Because do you, in your reading of Proverbs, do you interpret that as the wise man goes to seek out those things? Or these are things that come to the wise man as a result of his being wise? 
I think it could be both. I think one one thing that happens though, the wise man doesn't consume everything he has. Right. The wise man always has. He's, he's either setting it. a little aside. He's saving whatever it is. Maybe he's not going after it in the same way that some. Well, that's that's a big thing actually. Is um, you know, inher- inheritance came quickly, right? Um, disappears. Oh, right? where did it? That, that's in. It I'm says all these things, but oh, there's a there's a line about desire without knowledge, right? Is not ends in despair. Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. A desire mm-hmm. uh, without desire without knowledge ends in despair, or you know, a sluggard all day long he craves and craves. Right. Um, but he's, you know, he's not working for it. Right. Or the getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a fleeting vapor and a snare of death. Exactly. So, yeah, there's, there is something about a wise man sees the opportunity and he takes it because that's the wise thing to do, right? If you have the opportunity to work it at something that is profitable, you know, and in all toil there is profit, but in mere talk is, is, poverty everybody talks right well, huh. um and that's 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 something i want to kind of the next thing for me here that i want to get to but um the, the wise man knows and i'll toil this profit the wise thing to do is work hard mm-hmm. he's, he's regardless of of how much ambition he has he's going to end up growing what he has right right the there's the other bible verse um he who is faithful in little I will make him right. faith. He'll be faithful in much. Correct. You know, I think about that a lot where it's like, okay, I know because my, my tendency is to be like, man, I, I want more. Like I want more right, responsibility. Right. I want, I want to move on to the next thing. And I, I always feel the need to remind myself like, okay, my job right now is to be a teacher, to be mm-hmm. a husband, to be, you know, to, to get these things done. And if I'm faithful with what I have, more will happen. Exactly. That's going to, that's going to come. And and a wise man knows that a white a wise man is going to continue to work and be faithful with whatever he has with what with whatever he has and inevitably, if he does those things, right and and you know Proverbs doesn't necessarily account for the out- circumstances of the outside world right the economy could crash right that happens that's Job there's, that's there's, a Job problem whatever. the point being any under any normal given set of circumstances a wise man follows these steps and it's gonna it's going to do well. And I think that's one of the things in scripture there. I think we do this thing or there's two sides in Christianity sometimes with wealth. We look at it as right. either like, yeah. Oh, you shouldn't be wealthy. Right. You know, the it's, it's easier for, for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Right. At the same time. Then there are those that are like, Oh, the Lord wants me to prosper. I'm going to go make all this money. Blah, blah, blah. I, I think there's somewhere in the middle. That's like the Lord gives you what he gives you. It's your job to, prosper and grow it and be wise with it mm-hmm. right i and i think that's kind of the happy medium of well it's if like you're, the, if you're someone who who is not being wise and is constantly you're, you're not obeying the precepts of scripture you will always struggle with the struggles of proverbs yeah right and so there's there's something about there's something to it of i i do think a a wise christian man is going to imply apply himself in those areas and leave an inheritance for his children and ensure that he has a roof over his head. He's going to take care of his family. He may not, he may not grow it. Some people might in an astounding way because they happen to hit on a great idea or something. That, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But the aim isn't to be wealthy, but you do these things and you'll at least you'll have that store of, of nice in their context. Oils are expensive. Our context. I don't know. Pick something that, Wi-Fi. Yeah. You've got great Wi-Fi. I don't know. <laughs> Conserve your Wi-Fi. Conserve it. Conserve it. No, <laughs> anyway, uh, we're, we're kind of getting, we're meandering a little bit, but that one thing I, you, you mentioned that everybody talks too much. <laughs> um, that's one that, this is probably the biggest thing out of Proverbs where, um, oh, where is it? Well, I, I was, I was right actually, here. I was just looking at um, one right here in, in chapter 15. The ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. Um, and there's, I mean, there's verses like that everywhere. Things yeah. Like, 
whoever yeah, goes even to, even a, a a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. Yeah, well, that's that, a, that's that a one. Good I read one. that one in college and went, okay, I need to shut up a, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's probably the the single biggest thing that I've taken away from Proverbs is I'm not I'm not going to talk unless I need to talk. Which right. Maybe we I should think just it, end the episode right there. Yep, that's it. All right, we're done talking. This has this been the last fortune. episode. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, and I think it, anyone who knows me is going to laugh a little when they hear me say that. But I do feel like as I've gotten older, I've talked a lot. I try oh, yeah. to talk a lot less. Oh yeah. Um, just because I see, it's so f- interesting to me. If you start anybody, almost anybody, you go up to them and you just like ask them one question. I like to play this game to see how long it takes them to ask me a question. Interesting. And more often than not, people don't. Like you can just keep people going uh, and they will just tell you everything about themselves. And they don't, and they'll never ask you about yourself, which I don't say that to be like, man, I wish people asked me about myself more Um, because you can learn so much about people uh, just listening. Oh yeah. And I think that's like one of these wise man things is like, not that I'm a wise man, well, you're trying to be. Like, I'm trying to be. Even, so that's one thing I really love about Proverbs is here are the marks of a wise man. Yeah. They're very actionable. Right. Right. And regardless of whether you're, you could be considered a wise man by your peers or, or whether you, you might have, I don't know, I don't know how, what, what defines that, but you can start to grow in your habits that grow you into a wise man. And they are habits. Yeah, you know, exactly. They're they're repeated actions. Um, yeah, but even like whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple babbler. You know, and or again, be one maybe or be one. Yeah, don't be a babbler. Um, and you know, I always think about the Godfather, right? You know, like the Godfather. You still haven't seen it? No, I haven't. I'm sorry. Uh, that's okay. Um, but you know, in it's like the classic thing in that movie is like you know you don't say anything unless you have to, and then you say as little yeah. as possible, and that's how a wise man operates in the Italian mafia, right? Because uh, otherwise you get shot. Yep. Um, Fair. Yeah, you know, we don't get shot, but I mean, how many more politicians would live happier lives if they just didn't talk? How many of us would live happier lives? I think. I mean, there are plenty of things where I've put my foot in my mouth and I've said something that. If I just stop for an extra two seconds to think mm-hmm. about the way I was had phrased it or the tone I was putting on it, yeah, or maybe just not said it at all. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, it happens all the time. And I think, I mean, if you're the one who always has to have a word in a conversation, that just leaves an impression of you, even if everything you say yeah. sounds great. It's like, hold up, this guy just—he's got to talk about himself all the time or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I think especially in our day and age, if you are willing to not talk about yourself for 15 minutes, you have a huge leg up over everybody. It's pretty remarkable, actually, that that's all it takes. Yeah. But, I mean, here here are two guys essentially talking about themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Recording it to send to other people. So maybe we should. Yeah, there's a, little bit of, there's a little bit of pride <laughs> there, I guess. Um, it takes a special kind of pride to, to have a podcast where you think other people will listen to the things that you're going to say. Well, I know other people are listening. I've looked at the numbers. It's not many. It's a few dozen. I'm I'm very happy with that. Are you sure it's I, not just me listening to it over I, and over again? Oh, you're just constantly listening to it. Um, no, I'm I'm appreciative of the fact that we get to have these conversations, and you know, if other people benefit from them, then great. I do think we, that is something we have to be careful of, though, is talking for the sake of talking in this, yeah, rather than. Learning to learning from the habits properly that we are trying, yeah, and and actually growing in that, yeah. And I think the the more you know, even just as the more we've been studying, you know, the things that we study in this podcast, but also the things that I like get to study at my church and and in my own Bible reading and and some other books I'm reading, it seems to me the more and more I'm finding that like being a Christian isn't about like it like we think of it or maybe just other people think of it as like, here are the rules you have to follow to be a good person. And 
more and more, it seems to me, I'm finding that that's not what Christianity is about so much as it is about, this is the God that loves you. This is the God that has redeemed you. And this is, uh, you know, this is his character and this is who he is. And being a Christian is, is being just totally in awe and in love with that and realizing that to live any other way from the way that God has called you to live is tragic and unfulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. Which I think is a lot more, I don't know, rewarding for me anyway. And when you realize well, it, that. It, it is remarkable when you live according to Christian principles. A lot of things in your life, you know, it's not going to fix every problem, but your outlook on those problems changes. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of being a wise man is, is recognizing some of that. Yeah. And just realizing that the, uh, when the troubles come, it's not, that's not a surprise, certainly not a surprise to God. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And all of these proverbs are like, like learn these proverbs in times of peace so that you're ready for war as the proverb goes. Um, you know, now is the time for us, for, for you and me to learn how to do these things because exactly. life is going to get a lot harder for us eventually. My Better. son's going to get older. I'm yeah. And then you're, you're going to have to figure out that discipline thing. But I'm sure that's for another episode. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great place to end it. All right. On to the next challenge. As a reminder, challenges last for 10 days. That's Monday through Friday for two weeks. They're going to be, it's going to be simple daily challenge. This one was Banjo's idea, so he gets to introduce it. Yeah. So I was looking at the end of uh, our reading yesterday, Proverbs 22, verse uh, 29. Do you see a man skillful in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not, he will not stand before obscure men. Uh, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting. Um and I've been thinking uh, a little bit lately about uh, craftsmanship, um, worksmanship. I think it's a, it's a dying art a little bit, or maybe it's in a resurgence. Let's just hope for that one. Anyway, the challenge that I uh, propose for this week um, is to perfect your craft for 15 minutes a day. Hone your craft for 15 minutes a day. Um, and what I mean by craft, up, by, up to you. I'm not, I'm not thinking like get scissors and and cramps. I'm gonna out. go build a macaroni and cheese <laughs> landscape for my craft. <laughs> not not craft, not arts and crafts. Um, though, if you're on your skill, your your art, on your, your skill, yeah, sharpen uh, your blade, so to speak. So, like for me, you know, it's the, it's there's all these things that we have to do for work. You know, there's things that we have to do for our vocation, um, for um, you know, our daily labor and right. there's our chores that we have to do and there's purpose and, and whatnot in doing that well. Um, but there's also these things that I think that we need to work on where we're, we're, we might call them the humanities where we're spending time reflecting God as creator uh, and, and reflecting God as craftsman, right? Think about creation. Right. Creation is this beautiful um, artistic uh, representation, so to speak. Um, and we have the ability, all of us in some way, shape or form to, to be craftsmen, mm. whether you're a woodworker, um, or a carver, um, a blacksmith. Um, I have a friend who's a blacksmith from time to That's time. Cool. Um, if you're a writer, a painter, a poet, a uh, songwriter, musician, something, you know, something that you m would be doing regardless whether, if it made you money. Yeah, yeah, that's, and, a, and that's be, a good way to put it. It's a skill. It's not just a, I like to play video games. Yeah, I think I like to think as of it as, as I enjoy video games. Well, yes. I like to think, think of it as something that you're like called to, like the thing right. that you were made to do, you know, like JJ, I don't know, you're probably not made for computer programming day in, day out. I don't know. I've been messing with it since I was so young that. Okay. Like I was considering making that the craft I practice. Oh, okay. Now I take it back. And well, part partly because you know I, I work in a job that is that uses those skills. Yeah. But a lot of that job 
has or takes the exploration out of it. You know, I used to sit and sure, right. because I was interested in figuring it out, right? Not because yeah. oh, I got to code this thing, which is that's fine, you know, and, and that pays the bills. But there are certainly aspects of coding that are more the crafty kind of thing, right? There are right. languages that people created that are not widely used, but they're very interesting to mess with. I don't know if I'm going to do that partially because I already look at code filled screens a lot. Right. Um, there are other crafts that I, I, I would enjoy doing. I like various woodcraft items. Yeah. That could be fun. I'll probably do mostly writing because I, I want to get back. Poetry. That'd be fun. I haven't yeah. done poetry in a while. Um, you know what we need to do again, JJ? We can cut this if we want. But we need to do that thing again where we both pick a topic and write a poem about it and then compare our poems. Do you remember oh, when we did that fun. on the bus? We should totally do that. That was fun. Um, anyway. Anyway, I'm going to work on my writing and I'm probably going to pick up my guitar again because I haven't practiced my guitar in a long time and I need to get back on it. I've, I've been picking mine up most days, only for like 10 minutes-ish, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Anyway, this will be a good challenge. Um, straightforward. Pick something that is... I, I would say also don't make it something where you're like, I want to be a great guitarist. So this is my time to start that. Sure. Right. Make it something that you would are naturally willing to do. I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, like you're don't, naturally inclined towards. Like if realize. you, if you think that if you're already like, I practice guitar 10 hours a day to be a great guitarist, I could still see that being your craft. Yeah. Potentially. Potentially, but I see the thing where it's like, well, I've never picked up a guitar before and I'm going to be an excellent guitarist and I'm going to go. That's my new craft. Grammy. That's, I mean, I mean, sure, the time and place for it, but go for it. But point being, yeah, you, I naturally find myself doing certain things that would be more worth exploring, I think. Make it easy on yourself, I guess. Is yeah, what you're yeah. Saying. absolutely. Yeah. Very good. This has been the Forging Honor Podcast. Music and production is by Elliot George. For more information about what we do or to learn how to get involved, visit our website at forginghonor.com. If you enjoyed the show, make sure to like, subscribe, and give us a rating to bring others into the Forging Honor journey. On our website, you'll find information on how to do the challenges alongside us, as well as links to the many resources we mentioned in the show. And we do make a small amount from any purchases you make through our website links. So thank you in advance. Thanks for taking time with us today. We hope you'll take up the work alongside us and join us in the task of forging honor. We'll see you next time.